Before we get into this episode, did you know that Beyond Rockets is a podcast management company that specializes in helping you launch, manage, and promote your podcast? We work with you every step along the way. To find out more information about podcast management or social media marketing, you can visit our website today, beyondrockets.com. Welcome back to the Beyond Rockets podcast. I'm your host, Clark Dunn. The Beyond Rockets podcast is a way for me to showcase and highlight some of the small business owners, entrepreneurs, and talented creatives here in the Rocket City that make Huntsville way more than just a Rocket City. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe wherever you listen. You can follow me on YouTube at Beyond Rockets, as well as Instagram at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date with new and exciting things happening in Huntsville, as well as new episodes as they are released. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy This episode is sponsored by Relogic Research. Relogic is an engineering, aerospace, and technology company dedicated to solving our nation's toughest defense problems while investing in the bright minds of Huntsville. Relogic is excited to be a part of the innovation and continued growth of the Huntsville community. Visit their website today to see what they are excited about at relogicresearch.com, and all of this information will be in the episode notes. This is Chandler Wicks, founder and CEO of Relogic Research. We are very excited to partner with Beyond Rockets in further support of their already outstanding contribution to the Huntsville community. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself and we'll get started there? My name is Amy Bailey and I publish Huntsville City Lifestyle Magazine. Yeah, it was fun. I was looking back through my notes prior to this conversation and we've been having this conversation about doing this podcast since March, but I think it's definitely good timing now as we're recording this the beginning of December and it'll release the 1st of January, but I think this is perfect, perfect timing. So I know that your background, I mean, let's kind of start there. You're a Huntsville native. You're born and raised here. What was it like growing up in Huntsville and sort of what is your background prior to doing this magazine? Well, yes. So I grew up in Huntsville. Actually, the first five years of my life, I lived in New Hope, Alabama. And my parents got a divorce and we moved to Huntsville and I went to Whitesburg Elementary School, (laughs) Huntsville High School. And I always liked Huntsville, but I always wanted to get out. And so I never necessarily saw myself living here. And so that's been a cool journey because as a child, all I wanted to do was get out (laughs) and see the world. And I did. And then coming back has just been the most wonderful homecoming imaginable. Yeah, for sure. And I can't imagine living anywhere else. So when you finished high school, did you go off to college or what did that look like? And what was the sort of homecoming moment for you when you did come back? So I went to Montevallo, which okay. of course is near Birmingham. And then after that, I interned at Southern Living Magazine and okay. worked there. And then I had this itch that I just had to move to New York, and it was just something I'd always dreamt of, and so I did that, and I lived there a year and worked for Us Weekly magazine, Wow! and then my husband and I, we got engaged, Okay. and so that brought me back to Birmingham at that time. So is he from Huntsville or Birmingham? He's he's from Huntsville He's from Huntsville, too, but y'all didn't know each other. Did you know each other prior to- No, we graduated Oh, you graduated high school together. Okay. And we had lots of mutual friends, but we never really- hung out a lot together. And so after college, we had both graduated December 2000. 
we remet at a Christmas party okay. in wow. Huntsville. And then you've been in Huntsville pretty much permanently since 2004 or 5? Oh, no, 2012. 2012, yes. permanently here. Okay. Yeah, well, 13, 2013. So prior to that, you were in Birmingham pretty much most of the time? Yes. And then you moved back up to Huntsville just to be closer to family and stuff? Yes, and his work brought him here. Okay. So, I mean, it seems like magazines and writing has always sort of been something that you've been doing for quite a while. Is that passion something that you can think of like a moment growing up that you're like, I really enjoyed writing or did that really happen in high school? So I started writing for the high school newspaper and then that continued in college. I was the features editor and I always enjoyed writing. I was very drawn towards fashion and style. Okay. And so... That is what led me to New York is I wanted to work in that kind of fashion style okay. magazine world. Yeah. And I would say that kind of drew me into writing. And then, of course, the older you get, the more life experiences you have, the more you find yourself writing about things that really speak to mm-hmm. you and other people and the hardness of life and all those things. Yeah. And so I guess in 2007, you kind of decided to start your first sort of venture on your own which was the MyScoop sort of website publication. Talk a little bit about what that was and what what the idea for that came about. Well, at that point in time, everything seemed to be going online. And I had worked in the magazine world since college. And I just saw this trend of more and more things going online. But then when you looked at the regional media that we had in the South, a lot of it was either geared towards the male reader Mm -hmm. Or it was Southern Living, which is a wonderful magazine, but nothing seemed to be speaking to the modern Southern woman. Yeah. And so this idea for my scoop was born. And my husband jokes that I went into our office and 15 minutes later I came out and I said, I started a blog. <laughs> there you go. Even though like you, you started seeing that trend for more things going online, it was still fairly early in that sort of adoption to like consume material just online only. What was the growth like of MyScoop and how did you kind of get the word out about what you were doing to get viewers, to get readers, to listen and primarily read what you have created? A lot of email marketing, okay, both organically and then through email marketing services. I'm trying to think of the one out of Nashville that was around, but of course those started popping up too. Yeah. And then events. We had a lot of just local events around town wow. where we brought the magazine to life. And that was kind of new because no one was really doing these events Mm-mm. for young professionals at that point in time. And they would draw crowds of 400, 500 wow. people. And you grew MyScoop to cover more and more regions. It didn't, it's like when you originally started, what was sort of your area that you covered? And then kind of as you continue to grow it, what did that growth of sort of like the area at which MyScoop was addressing? So Birmingham, of course, was the focus and okay. was always the focus. But we also, we expanded to Nashville and Jackson and we started doing events in those cities also. Wow. And some of the content was content that could be used across the board, but yeah. then other content was unique to that particular region. Yeah. So was it just you doing this at the time or did you quickly have to get a team behind you to kind of make this possible? No, I had a team of salespeople and then kind of managers in each city. Okay. And then a lot of the writing and photography, that was, of course, freelance. Wow. So. So when you first started this, was this something that you imagined was going to be a full-time job or did it quickly become a full-time thing? 
it quickly became a full-time thing. Yeah. And I think because at that point in time, that whole online world, like you mentioned, it was still very early and mm-hmm. new. I think it grew very quickly because yeah. it was the new thing. I'm assuming you probably even had people that were reaching out to you that were getting into it four or five years after you had already started to kind of ask for advice or pointers and sort of do you, can you think of like one piece of advice that you would have gave someone, say, in 2011 or 2010 that's looking to start their own thing online? Like, what was that one piece of advice that you would have given them then? Oh, you know, I think being original is very important and also saying something that means something. And that's still really important to me yeah. is even now when I hop on social media, I don't just want to put something out there. Yeah. Like I want it to provide to, some value. Right. And so I would say that was so much online now and so many people just putting whatever out there and these quick little phrases mm-hmm. that I think it makes a difference when you actually go a little deeper and have something more important to say. Yeah. And so you continue to grow my scoop. You come up from Birmingham to move to Huntsville. You continued my scoop, I, I would assume, and continue to kind of grow that what was that time frame? I mean, obviously it's a big time frame, but the time frame from like you moving up here and we're going to skip ahead five, six, seven, eight years to kind of have this idea for a physical magazine. I mean, like you saw those trends going where people were getting into physical magazine, physical print, especially during COVID. Was that something that you always had in the back of your head when you first started my scoop that you would eventually want to do something physical? Well, Sort of. When I first started my scoop, there was the conversation of doing something quarterly. Okay. But then at that time, the online component was taking off and doing so well that that just faded. Yeah, it was like, okay, I'll get to it eventually, maybe. But right. But right now, this is working. Let's just keep doing this. Right. And so then during the pandemic, I took an extended break from social media and that's when I just started noticing all these incredibly beautiful publications, mm-hmm. and they all seemed to be quite highbrow and of a higher quality. Some were annual, some were quarterly, some were local, just regional magazines that had been popping up. And that really struck me because, of course, over 10 years ago, we were told that print was dead. Yeah. And so to see this reemergence, it really made me think what is happening here in society. Clearly, there's a demand for this or they wouldn't be popping up. And so I think there's this remergence of print and being able to hold something tangible. Mm -hmm, For sure. And so at the same time, you kind of have two equal forces moving at the exact same (laughs) speed. You've got the technology, apps, screens, Mm -hmm. all of that, which can be incredible. But then I think you've also got this incredible need for something more tangible that you can cuddle with, that you can snuggle with. Yeah, for sure. And like being able to kind of partner that with stuff that you do create online and creating stuff in maybe in a different form or a different avenue for people to consume, but there is a lot of people that are wanting to consume something that is physical, that is something they can pick up, that is something they can sit on their coffee table. That's something they can give to a friend if their friend's coming into town and they see something like, oh, I really like this magazine. Oh, you can just go ahead and take it. Like I've consumed everything from it. Now I can consume things that are online too for that publication, but there's also something that like it's one thing to send someone something to read, but it's one thing to also give someone something to read. Right. And so I guess in August of 2022 is when you sat down with your friends at a coffee shop and you kind of had this initial first idea for Huntsville City Lifestyle Magazine. Talk a little bit about what that conversation was like and kind of what were those first steps you did after that? Well, 
we sat down for coffee and I had actually been talking about this art journal that I had wanted to create. And my friend Lindsay said, you know, I have a friend in Birmingham who's publishing a magazine and the parent company, they want to bring a magazine to Huntsville. And I told them the perfect person they needed (laughs) to talk to is Amy Bailey. There you go. And when she said that, I said, what? A magazine? I, I have too yeah. much to do. Yeah. I can't do that. But I'll think of other people. For sure. And that is exactly what I did. <laughs> I made a list of people that I thought would be good to do this. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just think you need to talk to them. Yeah. And so I had a series of conversations. And even then, I kept coming up with reasons not to do it. Yeah. And finally, my husband looked at me and he said, what? What's the hesitation? <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anything or anyone that would be better to do this. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, maybe I need to <laughs> to really hunker down and consider this. Yeah. And so and, those conversations from, I guess, August to like October is sort of what those back and forth conversations with yourself of, hey, like I don't have time, but this person would be really good or right. I don't really think I should do it. But here's all these people that would do it also really well. And then right. I guess sometime in October of 2022 is when you were like you had that conversation with your husband and it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll be the one to do this. Well, it's really neat because I had been praying throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And it was truly as if every time there was a hard no in my head, something higher than myself was like, nope, this is the direction (laughs) you need to go. And so there was my last hard no, and I was praying through it, and we went to church that Sunday, and the sermon series, which of course is normally forgiveness, you know, all these general things, the sermon series that Sunday was Learn from the Locals. Wow. And I was like, well, okay. I guess well, I'm doing this magazine. I, I guess you can't say for no, a sign, can't you say get no one. anymore. <laughs> and so October of 2022, you have that moment where it's like, hey, I can't say no anymore. This is the thing that I'm, it seems like it's the next step for me. Obviously, February of 2023 was the first issue that you ever yes. put out. What was that process like from October to February to like actually get this magazine up and going, getting the word out, getting content for it, getting sponsors? Like what was all that like and kind of just that journey for you? So a big part of it for me was the visualization of everything. Yeah. And because I had been in this magazine and media world since I graduated college, I kind of got every aspect of it. I've experienced every aspect of it. And so from the beginning, I wanted to envision that very first issue. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that look like? What is unique editorial we can put in there that's different, that's stories that are not being told? And so I did. I sat down and I kind of made a list of everything that I wanted to be in that first issue. Wow. And then hired photographers and writers and (laughs) I wrote a good bit myself and did lots of interviews and also of course the sponsorships is a huge part of it for sure because when we come up with the editorial well you want want that ratio to make sense you know and so that was a lot of work and meetings I bet and follow-up and please believe in me (laughs) you know kind of conversations yeah and I guess like you said, you've done every little element of the magazine and you've kind of probably created a network of people locally that because of my scoop and just your background and prior that could have helped that that are helping you or could help you make this magazine possible. For sure. 
Yes. And so like, I guess like having those initial phone calls wasn't necessarily like a hard thing to do or hard thing to find those people because you had that network. But getting it now, it's all on you to make this possible. It's not like you're a part of a team that you're doing this element of the magazine. You're now kind of in charge of every element of the magazine. Is there one element within the magazine or within publication that maybe you knew the least amount going in that you kind of had to teach yourself the most about and kind of mm. learn? Well, probably the layout I'd never really had to do that okay. part before, but then to me, the layout is fun in itself because it's like this puzzle. Yeah. And so, for instance, if you have an article, making that article an odd number of pages, so you end it with hmm. a right-hand read where an advertiser can go. Interesting. And which is more Things you don't really think about. to the client. Yeah, makes you sense. Know. That presentation and that sort of thought process is probably something that you were maybe aware of, but never really valued the importance of something like that because right. it's not something you had to do or deal with. But yes. now it's something you have to think about all the time. Right. And now I kind of find it fascinating. As you look I through other magazines. About it. Yeah. yeah. As we're recording this, you're 10 or 11 issues in. Right. Take me back to February, that February, March, April, May timeframe when you've gotten this first couple issues going. What was the general response, the consensus from the community from this magazine that you have created? From the beginning, people just seem so excited. And that is something that has blown me away because I thought creating my scoop was very cool. Yeah. It does not compare to the response <laughs> this has had. For sure. And I think it speaks a lot to that we wanted it. We wanted something more highbrow. We wanted something that could tell our stories in a deeper way, which we can do because we're coming out monthly. Yeah. So we have to have great stories every month. Yeah, for sure. Know? And like it kind of pairs well with the question. Like You kind of answered the question throughout this episode so far, but was that looking for something that was going to highlight the stories in deeper, meaningful conversations in longer form, was that the niche that you were hoping to fill? And is that the missing piece that you were seeing that wasn't around? Is that sort of what you were trying to accomplish most with this magazine? I think so. Just telling our stories and across the board, bringing to life all the personalities that make this community work. Mm -hmm. And so that's been very important too, is from waiters to interior designers to developers to lawyers i feel like everyone has a story mm -hmm, and we sure. all make this community work and in my very first interview with engineer david beeman with nasa that's something he said that just sent chills up my spine. He said, it takes everyone in this community to make this community what it is. Oh, wow. And I think that is something that makes Huntsville so unique. Yeah. And to be able to capture that in, in print mm -hmm. in a tangible form, I think is important. Yeah. And like, it's incredible just to think through all of like putting out a monthly issue. There's probably a lot of things that you're like, your turnaround times are pretty quick. November 30th, the day we're recording this episode, and you're just closing December's, January's January. issue. Jan so are you always about two months ahead as far as content? So drop dead deadline is exactly one month ahead, okay. but that means we have to think about content far before that. Wow. And so right now we're really heavy in wrapping up February 
Wow. And I'm thinking about March and April, and I just talked to someone earlier about May. And so <laughs> anything we can do in advance, wow. I kind of lose track of what month it yeah, is. <laughs> for sure. I mean, like, I just couldn't imagine trying to, you know, you think of this amazing article, this amazing story to tell, but then almost having to sometimes gatekeep that a little bit because that issue is not right. coming out until right. three or four. Like, is that been a tough thing to do? Or is that something that as time is just going so quickly that it's by the time you, oh, I should tell someone the story, that issue is already out. I feel like we've been so busy, it doesn't leave a lot of time to think, oh gosh, you know, but I want to talk about this because there's so many more things (laughs) to talk about. But yes, every now and again, there will be just a really cool story that you can't wait and you're just on pins and needles. For sure. And so what's super interesting to me too is that you're a Huntsville native, you grew up here, you kind of had that itch to leave, you left for a while, you came back. You continued, I mean, you were here from, you said 2012, 2013 is when you came back up until 2023. I mean, you were still a part of the community. You were getting to know people. You were enjoying this community. How much more appreciation do you have for the community now after starting this magazine than you did any years prior? My appreciation has certainly grown very much over the past 10 years, but I would say starting this magazine has made me appreciate it even more because there's something really powerful about hearing other people's stories and just realizing how connected we are and how similar we are. Mm -hmm. And so I think just learning things that I didn't know, because I like to think that I know a good yeah, bit. Yeah, like I've been here long enough. there's so yeah. much that I don't know. For and sure. there's so many neat stories that, I mean, sometimes it's someone that is multi-generational that has been here forever and yeah. it's a new story to me. Wow. And then, of course, there's so many new people moving here who have incredible stories yeah. too. Over the years of doing this podcast and talking with a lot of people and meeting a lot of people, I think the biggest thing too, I think, is just the perspective that you get. I'm a Huntsville native. I've been here my entire life. I don't plan on leaving. And it's you think you know a little bit about every little story. You think you know something about this or know something about that. But then you interview someone else that maybe saw it from a different angle or a different or a different perspective on that event or on that whatever it is. And you're like, I just never thought about it that way. And I think that's like yeah. the, probably one of the amazing things about the magazine is that you're maybe learning about a story that you already thought you knew about, but you're interviewing somebody that saw it from a different point of view. Right. And now your point of view kind of changes on that story, too, because you're like, right. well, now I know it from this angle and now I know it from this angle. Like, I wonder what someone else from this angle would know about this story. Right. And like, your brain's is constantly flooded with different emotions and just different thoughts about something. Yes. So like thinking through this entire journey you've had with MyScoop to now Huntsville Magazine, was being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, something that you always thought you would do? Or is that sort of itch for entrepreneurship something that kind of started off later in your life? No, I think I always had entrepreneurial thoughts. Yeah. And I always dreamed very big just because, you know, I think a lot of people probably have hard childhoods and that that leads you to really kind of reach for the stars and think about what else is out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I asked the question about the advice for like doing a magazine earlier, but just general business advice. If anyone's listening to this and has an idea, has an entrepreneurial itch to do something, what's a piece of advice, a life lesson or something that you could give them that would help either motivate them to go forward on that idea or just to kind of get through those hard times? I would say go for it. Try to be as prepared and organize as possible, visualize as much as you can. But if you have something that is tapping on your heart and your mind, then you should definitely go for it. For sure. And seek advice from people around you. I mean, not everyone is 
going to give you the most incredible advice, but I feel like there's something in everyone. And so this one friend may have incredible advice on accounting and another mentor may be where you can generate creative ideas from. Yeah. Like there's something that each person in your life can offer. And that makes people feel valued too when you ask their advice. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there's, I mean, same thing with the stories in the magazine that you're creating and just your overall journey and your entrepreneurial journey that you've had, you're picking and choosing a little bit of like what to take from this and what to take from that. And I think the lessons that you're going to learn, even the the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might be, I think they're all going to be beneficial to help you grow as an entrepreneur or as just from that idea of like wanting to do something and not really knowing the next steps. There's plenty of people out there. I think the Huntsville community itself is very supportive in that. I mean, I've seen that over the years. It's like if you see someone doing something that maybe is in the same ballpark as what you want to do and you have a question on how they approach this or what the beginning of that looked like, I think asking people is the number one thing that I'd recommend for anyone to do. I mean, that's how the whole podcast started is just asking someone to come on. Like, would you just like, you don't know me. I really don't know you. Would you like to come on this podcast and I can talk and ask you questions? And that's the whole, like now it's blossomed to something much bigger, but you have to be willing to ask that question first. Yes. As this episode is going to be the first episode of 2024, what can people expect to see from Huntsville City Lifestyle Magazine in 2024? Well, more great stories. We are also going to start doing more events and just keep trucking along and telling (laughs) the stories of this city because there's so much happening. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they want to connect with Huntsville City Lifestyle Magazine, they want to get an issue, they want to start getting them in the mail, they want to just connect with you and what you're doing, where can they find you and all of that? So we are on Instagram at Huntsville City Lifestyle. And then you can find us online at citylifestyle.com. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll have all their information in the episode notes. If you want to find out anything else about them, follow the links there and you can go find out more information. But thank you so much for spending the last 27, 28 minutes or so talking with me a little bit about Huntsville City Lifestyle Magazine. I'm excited to see the journey you'll have in 2024. Uh, And I'm excited just to kind of see what the future looks like. Because I think there's so much to be told here in Huntsville. And I think you're doing a great job doing it. So thank you, Clark. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and on YouTube at Beyond Rockets. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date with new episodes as they are released. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed it.